Welcome to the Christian Contractor Podcast. Christian Contractor Podcast. A show created for kingdom-driven Christian contractors that are focused on scaling their business in God's name while positively impacting the world around them. If you're ready to ascend from a contractor to a purpose-driven business owner, we're here to serve you. Here's your host, Brandon Guthrie. Increase your sales closing rate to 50% with these three surprising life hacks. What's up? I'm Brandon Guthrie with Dream Design Labs here on the Christian Contractor Podcast, where our mission is to help Christian contractors turn their business into their ministry and flourish it in the name of God with biblical principles and righteous marketing so that they can be a light in the darkness. Marketing doesn't have to be hard. You just need the right tools and the right heart to serve. Thanks for tuning in. I'm super excited to have Josh Mathis of Sales Transformation Group with me today. Josh, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you, Brandon. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, yes, this is this is awesome. This is huge, big time. Dude, I appreciate your time. Josh, I know you're super busy. You're out there closing closing deals, helping transform people's lives. Uh, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. So I really appreciate and value your time right here and right now. And before we jump into the value bombs, give us your story, man. Who are you? Where have you been? And how did you get here? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll kind of give you the uh, the thirty thousand foot view on that. My name is Josh Mathis. I'm thirty five years old. I live in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I've been in sales now for about. I want to say about 13 years. Um, I graduated um, with two degrees from Clemson University in uh, behavioral psychology and uh, business management. So I graduated in 2010. I started working at Verizon. Um, That was my first real job. Prior to that, though, right before um, I got into the real world, I didn't have any responsibilities, wasn't married, didn't have any kids, didn't have a real job yet. So I was kind of like a nomad. I traveled around the nation I lived in uh, 12 different cities in three years and kind of uh, slept on friends' couches and lived in uh, San Francisco. I lived in uh, Austin, Texas, New York, Boston, uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, um, Oregon, and uh, made my way back to um, Charleston and then finally ended up back in Greenville, South Carolina. Finally got a real job then, started at Verizon Wireless, uh, you know, that's my first kind of cutting my teeth experience working in the sales world. Got some really good training. Learned more in the first six months of working at Verizon than I did the entire experience of four years in higher education at Clemson. Um, got some really good sales training. Uh, worked there for about two and a half years. And then I started working for a company called Total Comfort Solutions. And I did some outside sales, selling uh, preventive maintenance service agreements to commercial buildings like hospitals, schools, churches, industrial manufacturing buildings, did that for about three years. And then I had a recruiter called me asking me about making a move for one of his clients and um, wasn't an attractive offer, but he asked me like what would be like a potential opportunity that you would take a look at. And I explained it to him. A couple months later, he called me back and offered me a job to come work for him. So I started working as, as an executive recruiter and uh, meaning I would go out and find new clients that are looking to hire people. Then I would get an agreement signed and a retainer. And then I would turn around and go into the market and try to find that candidate for them. And then I would get paid 25% of whatever the first year's salary is in terms of a fee. 
So I did that for about a year and a half. And I was like, hey, why am I doing this working for the man when I can do this on my own? So from there, I created my own um, recruiting company called Elevated Solutions. And I started recruiting salespeople. So I started doing that for technology companies and startup companies, starting with individual like entry level salespeople. And then from there, I started scaling to doing more sales managers and VP of sales and things of that nature. So I did that for about two and a half years. And then I sold that business a week before the pandemic hit. And that was incredibly great timing and God's grace, because I would had it been the week after I'd be stuck like Chuck in a bad situation because the whole country shut down. The government forcibly told businesses to basically shutter. And I would have been stuck because hiring was frozen and nobody was hiring. So fortunately, uh, I was blessed to be able to sell it, exit, um, spend about six or seven months really just at the lake house with my family and friends, kind of uh, enjoying the fruits of my labor and the prosperity and abundance that that created for me. And then I finally just kind of was like, uh, I'm kind of bored and I need another challenge. I'm looking for the next step in the adventure of my life. And where does that take me? It took me into the uh, high ticket sales world. And I started working with another company there and had a lot of success for about a year. And then I transitioned um, as VP of sales here at Sales Transformation Group in about August or so. So now I work full time um, with Sales Transformation Group and um my job is to be able to help transform business owners' lives and help take their business to the next level. So that's kind of the journey of how I got here. And yeah. Dude, wow. That's huge. You've you've been around the block. You know a thing or two, 100%. Wow. You're recruiting. So I didn't, I didn't even know about that. I think you maybe briefly mentioned it, but that's so much in more depth and... So your knowledge base on, on hiring has to be massive. So definitely that's going to have to be a whole episode in itself. So I'm just going to throw out there that we're going to have to have you back already for a second one on sure. how to hire. Cause I know that is a huge crux for many business owners. So we'll, we'll circle back on that. And then obviously you've, you know, a thing or two at closing deals. So this is exactly why you're here today. Uh, and for people uh, the, the Christian contractors listening on uh, to this podcast, uh, they want to increase their conversion rates. They want to hear from someone like yourselves that's been there, done that. Um, and that's why we're going to jump into these three epic questions. And I know Josh is going to be bringing some epic value. So once again, appreciate your time, Josh. Appreciate you being here. I know your time every second is very valuable. So, you know, everyone listening in, let's not take that lightly. So, Okay. All right, guys, let's jump in the first question. This is going to be a good one. This is truly going to help you. You're out there. You're on the field. You're trying to close more deals. Maybe you're trying to train your team uh, to close more deals uh, all across the board. There's so many of you listening that can benefit from this. First question is, give us the juice, bro. What are the exact steps you take in a sale? What is your framework? I mean, come on. That's going to be... Like even you dropping that for us is everyone listening should be licking their chops right now because this is the good stuff. Let's hear what you got. (laughs) So the question is, is what is my sales process that I take a client or a potential client, a prospect through, right? Um, For me, it's over probably thousands of calls, in-person meetings and kind of trial and error and getting kicked 
pretty hard, you know, falling down, getting back up and, and dusting myself off. Um, so a lot of this is some things that I've learned from other people, um, other mentors, trainers, coaches, um, other organizations, other trainings I've been a part of, and some of it just from my own life experience as well. Um, but I think there's really six key steps in terms of a process that I follow. And these are important to follow in sequential order because they stack on top of each other. So there are six different types of questions that you ask, the right skilled questions at the right time, that the answers to these questions help the prospect engage and want to talk with you, but it also helps them persuade themselves. What's more powerful, Brandon? Me telling you to do something or me asking you a question and you convince yourself and persuade yourself? The latter, number two, 100%. Right. So where we start in the beginning of a conversation is we we build rapport and we connect. So a connection question is the first level of that, right? So what I'm going to do is just list the six, and then maybe we can go into a brief kind of uh, definition of what each is and maybe a few examples. Um, so it starts out with connection questions, then situation questions, problem awareness questions, solution awareness questions, consequence questions, and commitment questions. So these questions are predicated on behavioral psychology and how people make decisions. Behavioral psychology proves that people make decisions 100% from an emotional state, and then they justify those decisions with logic and reason. One of the biggest fallacies in sales is that salespeople typically find the problem and then they're like, boom, here's the solution. So they skip a lot of steps and they don't probe and ask clarifying and probing questions to dive beneath the logical base surface level to find the problem, how long it's been going on, what is the root cause of that problem, and most importantly, what is the implication and impact that that problem is actually causing and having on them. That's the pain. You have to find the pain, and then that pain is what you're actually solving for with your solution. This will allow the client to be able to find their own internal drivers and compelling reasons to buy, right? So the connection questions is really just about, you know, opening up the conversation, establishing trust, and building rapport, right? Most salespeople will be like, hey, how's your day going? And, and, no, and, and what that automatically does is it creates a screen and a barrier and creates sales resistance because every other salesperson on the planet is saying, hey, Brandon, how's your day going? And that's not how you mm -hmm. do it. A better way to do it is like, hey, Brandon, Josh Mathis over here, Sales Transformation Group. Listen, um, we, have a, we have a call today at uh, 1 o'clock. Just want to check and make sure now's a good time for us. Yeah, okay, great, it is. Well, perfect. So really the nature of this call, Brandon, is just to, you know, find exactly out what you're looking for and maybe taking a look at what you've tried in the past and trying to see kind of where you're at versus maybe where you'd like to be and kind of seeing what that looks like just to see if we can actually help at all. Does that sound okay? And they're like, yes. Okay, cool. So Brandon, just tell me a little bit about like what originally brought you here and what you might be looking for. And then boom, I'm not asking them about the deer head on their wall. I'm not looking at stuff in the room and saying, hey, talk about this and talk about that. Nobody cares about that. All they care about is what you can do for them. Right? Mm -hmm. um, the situation questions are essentially like, what is their situation? 
what are they currently doing, right? What business, what's their business model? What are their, um, like, how many salespeople are they have? Like, whatever the situation is, they got to get a current situation so you can help them discern based off where they are to where they want to go, right? And that's going to create a bridge, and your solution is going to be the bridge to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And what vehicle do you have that you can help put them in to get them from point A to point B, right? You'll spend a lot of time in the next two phases, problem awareness and solution. Like the problem awareness is really about asking the, the right skill questions at the right time to help them to want to engage with you, open up, and start talking about what they've tried in the past, what the actual problem is, what is the root cause of the problem, what's causing it, and then what's the impact that that and the implication that problem is causing them in terms of emotional pain so that we can probe deeper pull out the emotion, bring it to the surface, and actually talk and find more compelling ways on why they should actually solve for that, right? So a problem awareness question, be like, okay, so it sounds like, you know, you're looking for some marketing, and, um, but like, what, what have you found in the, what have you like tried in the past to maybe, you know, solve for that, you know, lack of leads problem, right? Cool, cool. How, how long has that been going on, okay? And like, are you okay with like the, the way you're currently going about X, Y, and Z. One thing I want to point out here is notice my skepticism and tonality in my voice. I'm also being detached from the outcome. Mm. Most salespeople have this neediness, salesiness about them, and that's what creates the resistance in the first place. So when you have this almost detached, almost curious, almost skeptical type of approach, you come across as, Tell me more about that. And it's an inquisitive type of curiosity that will I'll want them to lean in because they feel like you actually understand what they're saying, right? So I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to give you all of the tools in the toolbox. But, uh, yeah, if we'd like to expand on any of those things or maybe go deeper in a few areas, I'm open to that. Cool, dude. Amen. That's huge. Okay, so uh, I have one connection, two situation, three problem awareness, four solution awareness, five consequences, and six, one more time. Commitment. Commitment questions. Commitment questions. I like it. Dude, that's huge. Woo. Okay, okay. So that was huge. Uh, uh, yeah, connection questions, you know, not just talking to them about the deer head behind them or trying to just BS and everyone knows the BS detector is going off, actually just diving right into it, being professional, setting the agenda, being skeptical and, you know, curious tone and that using that tonality to uh, set the agenda and, and ask them if that's okay with them and boom, they're, they're all in. Okay. Permission to proceed. And then learning about their situation, the current situation, ask them if they're okay with that. Um, and then, uh, discovering if like how how are things going and uh, asking if they're okay with things continuing to go in that direction yeah what's the problem and, what's the yes. problem like what is the actual problem right because if they could if they didn't have a problem then they wouldn't be on the call with you right 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 because what, what brought you here they have so the next phase would go into solution awareness and this is about what is their overarching goal like where are they trying to go and the problem awareness is what's keeping them from getting there on their own. Mm. 
Because if they could solve for it on their own, then they would not be here. If there's no problem mm -hmm. there and there's no pain, there's no sale. So if you don't, ha they don't have a big enough problem and a strong enough pain, then there's dr no driver to take action. So the, that's where yes. that's where the consequence comes in. Consequence questions is really predicated on helping them make a connection that it's actually more risky for them to stay in their current stuck position than it is for them to actually make a change because sales is all about one thing. What is that? What is the number one thing that sales is all based on? Solving a problem. That's what most people say. Sales <laughs> is about one thing and that's making a change. If you cannot help a customer see that it's more risky for them to stay stuck than it is to making a change, then there is no sale to be made. Boom. Making change. I love dang. To uh yeah, them thinking you it's like uh their problem maybe is swept under the rug and you're kind of bringing it out and helping them see it's actually a serious issue if you continue to stay here and up till now they're probably got the blinders on that it's maybe not that big of a problem, but then through a uh intelligent conversation you're able to bring it up and actually if you're good, help them realize that staying where they are is actually more risky. That's, dude, that's huge. That's huge. So that's consequences. Uh, okay, okay. So, dude, that's that's amazing. Uh, you gave us, you're giving us a sneak peek. Are you telling us that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to tune in to STG to hear more, or I don't know. Let me know where we're at. Uh, I'm thinking, man, that uh, it would probably make sense if they're looking for more then they can get in contact with me and we can have a more uh, realistic conversation based on like what their needs are and what they might be looking for and see if we can help. Okay. I love it. Hey, the fact that you've even given us that much shows that you know what you're doing. And if you're listening right now and you're like, whoa, that is game changing, then definitely we're going to want to continue this conversation. Awesome. So thank you so much for that. We got the framework at least there. So let's, let's write that down listeners that's it and uh for those of you that want to learn more you can definitely connect with josh we'll get his uh his links here in a bit but moving on to question number two and question number two is going to be what is a super tip that will boost closing rates big time and when i ask that question it's kind of one of these uh like just the tonality that already was one you know that that is a kind of an underlining that goes throughout the sales conversation. That's going to probably increase your conversion rate just by having that skeptical, you know, detached from the outcome kind of tone. That was already one. Do you have another, something else just like that? Or do you want to speak more into that? Um, I think that's going to be a big part of it. Um, tonality is going to be tonality and body language. Think about it this way. Um, psychology behavioral psychology suggests that it's not what you say it's how you say it so most of the things that are communicated are nonverbal, right so from a tonality standpoint tonality is it's not what you said it's how you said it so you have to be very careful about you know matching people's energy meeting them where they're at and and the tonality is going to be the best model to be able to follow through that so Tonality, I'm just going to set that one aside because I'm going to come back to it and tie it back in. But I think the, the best 
you have to have a process to follow that's proven and repeatable, and you have to learn the right skills and ask the right skilled questions at the right time. I think that's first and foremost. Some of these higher level sales um, skills come into play, but you really have to listen. Most salespeople talk. One of the best advices I ever heard early on in my sales career, David Goudlock, my sales manager at Total Comfort Solutions, told me, and this flipped a switch in my brain forever. He goes, Josh, the day, the moment, the second that you learn to be interested instead of interesting, your life will change forever in sales. So what that got me to do is become a better listen, listener, and actively listen. Be present. Be engaged. Listen. Repeat back to people and summarize what they said to get them to what I call a that's right moment. To where I articulate back to you exactly what you said almost verbatim to where the other person's like, yep, that's right, or exactly, or you've nailed it. Yep, that's it. You got it. Something around this neighborhood, right? So actively listen, clarify, probe, repeat back and summarize what they said, and do that from an angle of skepticism and in a way that is um, that uses mirrors and labels, right? A mirror is repeating back to someone one to three words in what they just said. But what it does is it, it creates space for them to say, hey, I heard what you said. I repeated it back to you, but I need more information without actually having to say it. You know, but hey, I'm looking for some more. Uh, I'm looking for more, for more marketing. Look, looking for more marketing. Yeah, yeah. I was just saw an ad, and you know, I'm looking for more inbound lead generation and doing this, that, and the other. And but okay, so like, looking for more marketing. Okay, so you're sounds like, and then I repeat back to them exactly what they just said, and they're like, "Yep, that's right." And then I can transition and move on and ask another follow-up question to be able to further clarify, further probe, and then shampoo, rinse, and repeat that. And what it does is it opens them up and gets them talk, takes the pressure off of you talking and puts the emphasis of the attention of the conversation on them. People love talking about themselves. So once you get them to a state, now you've invited them into a warm conversation. You're asking questions that are relevant and important to them. And now the focus is on them, not on you. And it lessens the, the barrier of resistance and they want to engage with you. Boom. Big time. Wow. So, yeah, listening and uh, the, the moment that you began to speak less and listen more, everything changed for you. And it's what you it's not what you say. It's how you said it. Um, and you want to get them to a point where they're kind of agreeing with you and they're feeling heard. And then it's almost, it's almost like, uh, in, in my experience, whenever you can have someone saying, yeah, that's exactly right. You almost, I hate to, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I mean, this in the most positive way we persuade people to make a positive transformation in life, but we kind of have them right where you want them. <laughs> uh, because they're saying, yeah, you, you heard everything and it's like, okay, I got you. And they're like, this person gets me. This person gets it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so for those of you listening, number two is, you know, tonality. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. As we know, I think it's like a majority percentage of communication is through body language. 
so there's that. And then listening, mirroring, helping them feel, feel heard. I'm taking notes. I hope you guys are too. This is big. This is huge. You know, if you're, if you're following these steps, you're entering in sales conversations in a different way like this. Unlike majority of salespeople, you're already so far, your, your, uh, annual revenue just went up <laughs> by a large sum. So, okay. So question number three, what are the most common objections you get and how do you approach those? I don't get objections. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> There's always objections. I think the thing that I have a probably a unique perspective on this. Uh, most of the old school sales trainers and gurus out there will tell you like for every objection, there's a rebuttal. And I think that's the wrong approach because it's almost like, uh, you know, it's the wrong way to approach it because you're assuming there's always going to be some type of objection at the end. And no matter what they say that you have a proven talk track to be able to overcome it. But what that does is it creates a, a, a resistance because there's a battle. It's almost like a you versus them type of scenario. Who's going to win? Right. And mm. that doesn't work anymore. Right. And behavioral psychology proves that. So what we want to do is we want to listen for objections in real time and isol identify, isolate and clarify those up front in the sales process along the way. So once you, as soon as you hear something that could possibly, if you follow the thread to the end, could lead to an objection, you want to identify it, isolate it and clarify and probe and ask better questions to understand where that's coming from and handle the objection right then and there in the sales process. So that'll lessen the burden and the op and the opportunity for that, for that objection to come up later on in the sale. If you do that the right way and you follow the right types of questions, you'll be trained to learn to hear those as they show up and identify, is it a real objection? Most objections are not real. What I mean by that is they're excuses. There's a difference between an excuse and a real objection. And here's an example. Your price is too high. Is that an excuse or an objection? Excuse. It's an excuse. So getting to the core of that is that they didn't tell you no. They're saying the price is too high. Okay. So, and the objection is I don't have any money. That's a real objection. So mm -hmm. understanding and identifying, mm -hmm. is it real or, and what is the actual objection? I call that a smoke screen. So it's not an actual real objection. It's a, it's a deterrent. It's a smokescreen to basically kind of conceal what the real hidden agenda or, in this case, objection truly is. You have to be able to identify which one of those it is, all right? And if it is a smokescreen, identifying what is truly beyond that, underneath that, that's actually causing that objection and find out exactly what that real objection is. Mm. Yeah, by diving deeper and asking them more about it. And keep just going layer deeper, layer deeper, deeper until finally a different real reason or objection is revealed. What's an example of, uh, I'm sure you have, you've done this so many times so that you might have a great example of a time that a smokescreen was presented. You dove a little bit deeper and, and XYZ was the real objection. And then how did you handle that? And I don't, and I agree that it shouldn't be even considered handling objections. That's no longer, we're not in this fight. Like you said, you versus them. It's 
it's really like you're you're like a guide and you're a helpful hand trying to help them get to the point where they want to go right um so anyways do you have an example where you were you got to uncover it and it was just like yes did it yeah i mean i think a lot of what i hear about is not so much as an objection as it really is about timing timing tends to come into it a lot it's hey this seems like this is a good fit why what are the reasons why for that? But, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z before we can, like, be ready to do that, right? And I think here you have to really clarify and set expectations properly. And if you're doing that up front, then helping them find compelling reasons to buy and then using consequence questions would be able to help them not delay taking action. Because there's a huge opportunity cost that's being left on the table by inaction, right? So part of my job as a salesperson is to be a problem finder and a solution provider, but it's really about helping them make the best decisions for them and their businesses, right? Mm. That's the detachment of the outcome. As long as I am finding the problem, I'm demonstrating to them how I can help them solve it. And I'm walking them through making the best decisions for themselves. I there is always a win-win scenario there, right? So when it comes to a lot of like, you know, hey, you know, let me get. Won't you email me some information and let me get back to you, right? A lot of mm-hmm. I don't usually deal with that a lot, but that's a common theme. Or like, let me think about it. These are common objections, right? There's something a step that was skipped along the sales process, they don't see the value, Mm. right? So if let's just role play real quick, shoot me one of those objections. Uh, I I would get started now, except uh, I I have to get my whole team bought in on it. I don't even know if they're going to show up. Uh, I'm just going to have to, you know, get with them first. So get, get with your team first. Uh, yeah, you know, I just, I just don't think that, uh, I don't know for sure if they're going to, I'm going to invest in this and they're not going to even show up. They're not going to be committed and and I'm just going to waste my money. Yeah. What what do you feel like, like the impact of that will be like, if you can't get them to like buy in to doing this? If, if they, if I can't get them to buy in, we're just going to keep, you know, keep going at a 25% close rate instead of a 50% close rate. And we know that's about. 750k a month right there on the table right what what do you think would happen if you don't do anything at all and you just keep doing like what you're doing over like you have been doing it for the past three years and you keep doing the same thing the next you know two or three years like where do you see that where your business will wind up if you keep operating in that same way um probably continue to be stressed out, not have it organized and probably not much greater than what we're already doing now. Yeah. Are, are, are you okay with that? Definitely not. Okay. Well, why not? Um, because honestly, uh, it, I have to wear so many hats with my sales guys not being able to produce the margins that I know they should be and it caused me to be stressed out. I just had a baby and I got a wife and, um, I just need to get myself out of the craziness and, um, you know, and that's pretty much, that's, that's pretty much it. 
so like the question really comes down to this brandon is like at what point are you willing to settle for that versus actually finally like make a change and do something about it yeah got it and are you willing to settle are you willing to settle for just barely getting by and wearing all the hats you know so that what we're offering here is actually putting a long-term solution in place to be able to get to the point to where you can really not just grow your business, but get your time back so that you can actually start working on the business instead of in it and get the freedom that you truly desire. Yeah, that all sounds, that sounds good. Sounds, you know, I want, I want that. Yeah. So like Brandon, let me ask you, like, do you feel like this could, could possibly be the, be the answer for you? I think it's possible for sure. You guys, you know, you obviously have a really good track record and uh, great. Uh, sounds all great. Sounds good. Sounds like a good fit. It's just that, you know, it's just that, you know, the team thing is, is just the only thing. Do you feel like what we've laid out here today, um, you know, could help you put some processes and systems in place and actually get you to the point to where, we can get you to a kickoff event to get team buy-in. Would that be something that you'd be willing to work on with us so we can overcome that challenge? Because it sounds like if we can help you overcome that one challenge of team buy-in and, and create a, a culture of improvement, then that we can really launch based off of that success. Is, would that be something that you'd be willing to work with us on? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you, Brandon, like, is it finally time for us to make a change or do you want to continue to do things the way you have been? Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't want to just kind of let this slip. And next thing you know, I'm back in the same exact place six months from now, a year from now. So where, where would you like to go from here? Send me the contract. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's really good. I love that, dude. I love that. Woo, dang. Taking notes, everybody. Dude, this is fire. Wow, huge. So I love what you said about you're like handling this challenge. I loved, I was, lit, you know, picking up on that. And I was like, I really liked how you phrased that. It's almost like you're, it's almost like you're giving them their objection and saying like, how are we going to handle this challenge together? Like, if we could, if it was possible. That's called right? cutting uh, through the objection is using the, the reason why they're, they're saying they can't move forward as the exact reason why they should. Mm. Cutting through the objection. I'm writing that down. Notes, everybody notes. Dude. Yes. Okay. Okay. So one handling objections doesn't work anywhere. We know this is not going to be a you versus them. If you find yourself in that situation, we got to pump the brakes and by being in those situations, we're probably lowering our closing rates uh, big time. So let's get ourselves out of thinking that we got to go us versus them. Uh, we're identifying objections up front through questions and uh, d identifying if they're real objections or they're just smoke screens. If they're real, like, man, I'm tr truly not qualified for this, then you know, maybe at that point you might let them know that there's some give them some other resources but if it's a smoke screen, it's an excuse, then dive deeper. Why? You know, go seven layers deep and figure out what the real situation is. Um, and then 
at the end of the day, we're helping them make the best decision for themselves. Let's not make this about us. Let's make this about serving them. And because we are confident in ourselves and our ability to produce the outcome that they want, at the end of the day, most likely that win-win is going to include our services. And if it doesn't, I'm sure there's been times where you you don't recommend that you actually even go this route and you're truly having that consultative approach and cutting through objections. I love that. Boom. Take note on that too. Uh, asking the, you know, the prospect if you're trying to transform their lives, uh, you know, how could we, how can we handle this challenge? If we could do this, was, is that something that you'd be interested in? If we could handle this challenge. And I love the whole, if it's possible, do you think it's possible? Is there like a, a, even just a maybe? in there and if you all that's all you need you know wow that's huge okay awesome 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 this is huge value big time we got our steps we got our tonality we're going to approach our sales differently we're going to be skeptical and curious we we don't just accept anyone that has a checkbook right we got to make sure that this is an actual good fit we don't want this to be a big nightmare boom tonality skepticism and true consultative approach and then boom, not handling objections, more um, <clears throat> finding out the consultative approach, helping them through, helping them achieve, uh, overcome those challenges. That's huge. And then, uh, dude, Josh, huge value. Um, and I can't wait to continue this conversation even further. But, um, okay, next thing on the list is, is there anything else that you'd like to add to our Christian contractor listeners here yeah absolutely this is probably going to be my favorite things that i've discussed here because it connects with me and and probably your audience hopefully but i'd like to share my affirmative prayer with you you know in the spirit of the christian contractor podcast i think it might be conducive to me to i use that i say this prayer every single morning and what it does for me is it helps me to lock into a peak state of flow in our flow state and remove distractions Mm -hmm. And help me to be fully present. So, if it's okay with you and your listeners, I'd like to just walk you through what this affirmative prayer looks like, sounds like, feels like, and uh, we'll just dive in. That sound good? Let's do it. Bring the heat. Bring the power. Come on. All right. All right. Here we go. The all-pervasive creative force of the universe that brings into being all phenomena and guides, supports, and creates all life. Will you move through me now? Use me now. Please help me to not worry or stress or be anxious about the past, but help me to learn, change, improve, and grow from the past and apply those learned lessons here and now in this moment so that I never make the same mistakes again. Help me to not anxiously anticipate the future or experience anxiety now about the future, but help me to realize deeply that the present moment is all we ever have. Help me to make the here and now of this moment the primary focus of my life. Help me to do all of these things now, God, by completely accepting what is, by completely letting go of what was, and having trust, belief, knowing, faith, and absolute certainty in belief in myself and in you, God, in all things that will be. And God, please help me to be fully engaged now. And God, please help me to be fully engaged present now and in the name of christ i ask and pray these things and all of god's people said amen amen Woo! yeah Woo! 
Yeah, I'm pumped. Ready to charge. Let's go. Dude. Oh, amen. Amen. Hallelujah to that. That is such a blessing uh, for for all our listeners. Um, I, I think that there's so many of us that just need to be ignited and we need to bring the passion and the power back to what we do that we're not just we're not just doing things just to do them, but that we have, that we're aligned with the source and a purpose, that we have a purpose, you know, a vision. People without a vision shall perish. The people shall perish. Uh, and, you know, just being tapped into that. And I think there's so many of the Christian contractors listening and now that, that, that crave, that power and that passion that they they maybe have felt detached from for so long. And, uh, dude, that that's huge. I'm glad we're recording this so I can replay this and listen to that and like write it down and pray it myself. I just prayed it along with you. So thank you for that. I'm feeling present. I'm feeling here, right here, right now, ready to go, dude. So thank you for that. And uh, I just, I just pray that the listeners um, can tap into that. And I just, I really, really want to give everyone listening uh, more than Give them a higher purpose than just, you know, producing more revenue and growing their business, right? It's like tap into that power, you know. God's given each and every one of us a purpose, and we all have, we're all different parts of the body of Christ. We all have different strengths, and uh, God has a purpose and a calling for each and every one of us. And, uh, you know, uh, and one thing that I, I'm super excited to bring into the Christian Contractor is uh, myself and a couple of awesome individuals are putting together and and Josh and whoever would love to be a part of this I welcome everyone to we're trying to put together a biblical principle framework so that we can like truly operate in a practical way our business on like having these affirmation prayers uh, and having that be not just a cool idea but like a part of our daily routine and structure and how we deliver our work and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, man, feeling the power. Yeah, me too, man. Yes, 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 dude. All right. Well, you guys, this has been amazing. Josh's time is super valuable. I know he actually has an epic call coming up. So we are going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Uh, But let's zoom out. Let's recap. Christian contractors listening in right now. We got our six steps that we're going to follow and we're going to connect with Josh 100% if we're feeling like, dude, this was on the right track and I need more. So definitely we're going to be doing that. Uh, Number two is we're going to, we're going to stop coming into our sales conversations, thinking about ourselves and hoping that we're going to close this deal and actually come in with a skeptical consultative approach and, and hopefully authentically genuinely seeking to help them before trying to help ourselves. And I think that that all of that will come naturally if we do that. And number three is let's, if we catch ourselves in that you versus them objection handling, let's go ahead and and adopt the belief right now and vow that we are never going to do that again, that we're going to enter in into uh, identifying objections in a consultative, helpful approach and diving deeper to the real reasons to positively transform their lives and boom the positive affirmation prayer boom that's going to be fire Uh, if you're not tapping into the holy spirit and god every single day before you start your day 
man, you're leaving, <laughs> you're leaving a lot on the table. So, uh, man, this has been good. You guys, Christian contractors listening in now, take notes, adapt these things into your sales process, and I guarantee you're going to see a change in your sales process. And especially if you're tapping into the almighty power and creator of the universe, I guarantee not an if, it's a 100% you're going to see massive change in your life. So, wow, this has been amazing. Josh, you are the man. Where can people find you? Um, well, I can give you, um, you can go to salestransformationgroup.com. You can reach me at josh at salestransformationgroup.com. Or you can reach out to me on uh, my personal line, 864-979-7395. You can also look me up on uh, LinkedIn, Josh Mathis, and Facebook as well, Josh Mathis. So thanks so much for having me today, Brandon. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to your audience and provide as much value as possible. I hope it was helpful. If you guys would like to reach out to me uh, for anything whatsoever is there any way that i can be of service and be helpful and useful to you guys please feel free to reach out and just thanks again for everyone listening and brandon thank you for being a friend um a business partner and someone who um you know is a christian brother in faith i really appreciate you thank you so much amen amen brother thank you so 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 much oh man thanks for tuning in everybody christian con christian contractors listening in now to the christian contractor podcast i am brandon guthrie with dream design labs and if you're a christian contractor that wants to truly operate on biblical principles and scale to a seven and even eight figures and beyond in a way that furthers the kingdom and a positively impacts the world around you head to contractorscalingchallenge.com forward slash join the challenge and register free where you'll learn the step-by-step process that we use to operate on biblical principles and scale contractors using paid advertising to take territory in God's name and be a light in the dark darkness. The goal that ha- that God has ordained for us is to positively transform 1016 contractors lives. Join the challenge. It's free and I guarantee you'll get a ton of value from it. Remember, marketing doesn't have to be hard. All you need is the right tools and the right heart to serve. Till next time, stay blessed. Josh, thank you so 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 much for the value bombs and appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Peace. Peace. Thank you, Christian Contractor family, for hanging out with us today. Let's get out there, do great work, and make a positive impact. If you want to connect with Brandon, head to Instagram and follow him at BG44. Let's change not only your life, but the world around you.